Testing, testing. Hello, and welcome to Adventurous Polyamory, the podcast where we rip off the shrink wrap and get into the messy reality of our lifestyle. I'm Rachel Barth, your hostess with the mostest, and I'm here to open up a big old can of truth and honesty about the joys and pitfalls of polyamory. Ironically, my most recent Patreon episode is an exploration of a really thorough sex questionnaire. But today, our topic is, Dear Rachel, my romantic partner won't fuck me. What the hell do I do about this? This is such a persistent problem in our lives, whether polyamorous or monogamous, actually, that I felt very drawn to discuss it. I've suffered through this myself as well. I've seen it with a lot of other couples. It's clearly a very relevant topic for us all. So I had a whole topic for this podcast and it was going to be all practical and logical and have useful techniques to try out, blah, 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 with words like clarity and substantive discussion. Oh, how pride goeth before a fall. While I was thinking about it, I had a discussion group on this topic, since it is a complex one and I wanted to get some other people's thoughts. And I am very sorry to say that the conversation did not go how I would have liked it to go. We had about 15 people there that night, most of whom had been in this same spot, locked out of the bed. It was both men and women. I went into it hoping that I would get at least one or two really useful ideas or maybe even just kind of sketchy ideas for how to address and repair this painful breach. I don't think we had any non-binary people there with us that night. But that doesn't mean this problem doesn't apply to them. So, uh, if you choose to be outside the gender binary, my loved ones, I want you to know that you're still in my heart. So, the discussion group. I was surprised and saddened by how uniform the stories were. Not one person there had managed to fix or repair the situation. Not one. Some had found a way to be at peace with it. Some fought it to the bitter end. But no one at that discussion group had ever come back from their exile to the island of no sex. In some ways, it made me feel a little bit better. Like, hey, it wasn't just me. I wasn't an unusually crappy partner who couldn't make the necessary adjustments to come back to the port of lovemaking. No, everyone had the same experience I did. Once you are marooned on the island of no sex, you will not get back to shore in that relationship. It didn't matter whether you were a man, a woman, or non-binary. It didn't matter if you had a more dominant or more submissive approach to your relationship. 
It didn't matter how long you had been together, or how much money you made, or whether you had children or not. Not one of us had succeeded in repairing the problem and saving the relationship. I'm not saying it's 100% impossible to come back from it. I'm only saying I couldn't find anyone who did. I've seen people come back from cheating. I even know a couple or two where the wife left for a whole ass year and still came back home and the marriage continued in reasonable format. And they're together to this day. But I don't have any examples of people who repaired their relationship in such a way that they came back from no sex to yes sex. And it gets worse. It's not just that no one ever got their partner to want to have sex again. The relationship as a larger structure simply never recovered. Sometimes it held for several more years. The record in the room that night was 10 years of no sex, generally because there were children to be raised. But the relationship that had been reduced to a non-sexual relationship always ended. I can think of one person offhand who I know is the one who chose to end sexual relationships with his partner. I remember talking about it with him. And he clearly had absolutely no intention of working to restore that connection. He was perfectly fine leaving his partner out in the cold for the remainder of eternity. However, he claimed to be devoted to his young daughter. So again, the situation continues because of a child. It seemed likely that he would have no more use for his partner aside from that. And that his partner would likely seek their own freedom as well. I never did get to hear why he was so done with the sexual part of that relationship. They were, or had been, monogamous. Did the partner cheat? Was it something more mundane, such as the sad changes in appearance that middle age and parenthood can bring on? Even that can be surprisingly complex. Both partners gain weight, for example, but one partner judges the weight gain very harshly. Since they judge weight gain so harshly, they judge their partner and themselves, and they feel the pain of that judgment themselves. They no longer feel sexy or erotic because they're full of shame and sadness because they judged themselves harshly. Now, even if the other partner loses weight and becomes aesthetically pleasing again, the first partner will still be miserable. And honestly, it's quite rare for lumpy middle-aged folks to regain the beauty and zest of their youth. Not impossible, but rare, and even more rare for both partners to achieve this simultaneously. So in essence, insecurity and self-judgment will prevent those partners from regaining a healthy sex life. In fact, if the partner who is fat but not self-judging leaves that relationship, they'll probably resume a healthy sex life on their own. But the one who is stuck in harsh judgments will continue to judge themselves to be undesirable and may take much longer to recover, if ever.
Testing. 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 I feel like I should take a moment here to clarify my own position. I'm using this issue of weight gain because it is often viewed as an issue. I myself, however, do not consider it an issue at all. My position is that there is no reason a person whose body is chonky and round cannot have an active and successful sexual and romantic life. I'm fat myself. There's many things which might get in the way of a person's ability to attract partners. And it is true that some people are not attracted to a larger body shape. But it's also true that some people are not attracted to someone who is older or younger or too short, too jacked and shredded, whatever. No one is universally attractive. With body shape, you face only exactly the same issue everyone else faces. Some people won't be into it. I actually met someone who doesn't think Vin Diesel is sexy only yesterday. So slap on some cologne and get out there. You're sexy just the way you are. But I digress. Why is this issue, the unilateral termination of sexual contact, the bridge of no return? Even after crossing that bridge myself, I still don't really have that many answers. I have theories at most. I read many articles and books looking for guidance and help, but it was all the same stuff, mostly. You might remember from last season that one thing which really spurred me on to begin podcasting and coaching was my fury and frustration with being continually told that communication is the key to a healthy polyamorous relationship. This is kind of the same thing. Apparently, we all need to communicate better in order to improve and refresh our sex lives. Well, you know how I feel about this kind of suggestion. Not helpful. In this case, I think it is not helpful because this topic is so sensitive that most people will find it very, very difficult to be truly open and honest. Some folks are brutal. They can charge right in and be like, you're not the person I used to desire anymore. You're boring and have lost your sparkle. You're predictable in bed, and I have to spend so much energy fantasizing myself into an orgasm that I would really rather just watch porn with a jar of lube nearby. But most people don't have that level of personal courage. Most people would shy away from saying something so potentially hurtful to a partner. And there's plenty of people who wouldn't be able to hear any of these things anyway. They wouldn't hear and they would not contemplate self-improvement and growth in a mature manner. I've had partners that were insulted and upset when I simply indicated that I would prefer to use a vibrator as part of our sex going forward. Hard to see how I could have offered more detailed communication there since it was so poorly received. People react poorly to hearing that you find them inadequate in some manner. This is not improved by having a long relationship either. I've loved you for 10 years and now you want to tell me that I got too fat for you after everything I've done for you? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, that ain't going to go well.
Still, it was truly validating to feel that everyone had the same problems I did. Maybe even worse versions. Although, is there a worse version of the, the sex desert, really? Maybe not. Maybe it's just variations of the same unpleasant thing. I have only noticed one useful thing worth discussing, and here it is. You might do well to spend some time figuring out exactly what you are missing. Is it the sex? Is it the cuddling? Is it the random warm touches on your back and shoulders? Is it the part where you lie in bed together talking in the dark? Is it the part where your partner just seems glad to see you after a long day? What exactly is missing from your relationship aside from actual sex? I was so focused on the sex, personally, that I missed the gradual disappearance of a lot of other elements of intimacy and companionship from our relationship. I can't help wondering, if I had put more energy into those issues, would it have affected the outcome? And yet, the results of the other people in that discussion group would suggest that it wouldn't have helped a bit. Maybe might have dragged the end out a bit longer, but would that really have been a good thing? So here's what I have to say after thinking about it for a long time. When you find yourself on the island of no sex, it's really a sort of cosmic order to hit the pause button. You have questions to ask yourself and you won't be able to move forward until you understand. First off, take a good look at what's happening. Think of how it went for me. Has your partner only terminated sex? Are they withdrawing other forms of love as well? Now's your chance to be really honest with yourself. Take a documentary mindset. Imagine that David Attenborough or Morgan Freeman was narrating your life on PBS. Rachel was completely oblivious to the rising tides of ruin in her marriage. In fact, she couldn't allow herself to see the anger and dislike in her partner's eyes. Really look at it. Make a list. Hugs, kisses, help in the kitchen, Cuddling on the couch watching TV, texting or chatting every day with small signs of affection, birthday or anniversary gifts, dinners, anything like that. Do they still make any effort to look good to you? Do they even seem happy to see you? Do they even look away from their phone when you come in the room? Have you taken any vacations together lately? If so, how did it go? Gather as many little pieces of data as you can. Now pretend that you are seeing all of this on TV and the people in the show are not you and your partner. No, no, the people on the screen are like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie or something. Now look at the movie screen. Does Angelina still love Brad in this documentary? 
or has she just not gotten around to telling him it's over? Because when you're on the island of no sex, the only land you can see is the archipelago of what if. What if I try this? What if I try that? Maybe then he will love me again. My goal for you here is to leave the archipelago of what if. Nothing good is going to happen there. You need to be swimming in the lagoon of reality, honey. So let's assume for the purposes of this discussion that you have decided that your partner really does still love you. However, you will never have sex with that partner again. Never. Is the actual loss of sex with them a tragedy? Like the actual sex? I mean, were you cast out of actual paradise? Or is it more like being cast out of Newark, New Jersey? Like, how real is the loss in terms of erotic experience? I'm serious here. Sometimes being honest about this with yourself can give you some perspective or help to reduce the overall fury you might be feeling. Is it really such a loss? Now, how do you feel about the relationship? Can you accept it? Can you imagine a life together where you just don't ever have sex with that partner? How many years of your life do you want to give to this situation? Five, 10, 40? Do you truly want to grow old and die with that person, never having sex with them even once ever again until death do you part? What would that life even look like? Describe that life in detail to yourself. Make sure you truly, 100% fully accept that you'll never have sex with that person ever again. Will you guys go to Aruba together and never have sex? Will you visit each other's parents? Will you have dinner together? Will you share your bed and warm up each other's cold feet and never have sex? What would your platonic love be like? Can you really embrace a life together which is completely post-sexual? However, we have another line of thought here. What if you watched the documentary of your life featuring Brad and Angelina and you realized that your partner does not love you anymore? How do you feel about that? This is not a trivial question. Maybe you're fine with it. Maybe you discovered that you don't love them anymore either. Maybe you're heartbroken. Maybe you only thought you'd be heartbroken, but it turns out you're not. If your partner doesn't love you anymore, in addition to not wanting to have sex with you anymore, can you imagine staying together? Maybe you have children or some other factor is in play. Can you imagine staying? If so, how long? How many years? 
My approach to the end of my relationship was not at all systematic. The Amazon, though, she is a project manager through and through. I think she was a lot more clear-eyed about things. She and her ex are still on reasonably good terms even now. If I'd been more systematic and less reactive, I could have had a much better exit strategy. Though, if we're being honest, no matter how honest and clear-eyed I was, I wouldn't have been able to save that relationship. But I could have had a better exit strategy. I was like a person in a canoe who doesn't really believe a giant waterfall is up ahead. Everyone could hear the roaring of the falls, but I just kept on paddling. It would have done me a lot of good to face these questions. Last set of questions to examine. Let's assume that you have decided that you want to stay in the relationship because you still love your partner and really want to make it work, even though it will never be sexual again. You want to transition to a post-sexual relationship that is still loving. What is your plan for getting there? And how long would you like to continue to work on that? How will you know if you have succeeded or failed? When will you know? What would have to happen for you to know that everything will be okay and you can actually find a way to be happy in this new arrangement? What would have to happen for you to realize that it's not going to be okay and that it might be time for you to consider leaving the relationship? And how will you avoid getting stuck on the archipelago of what if? You will need to be completely at peace with your decisions and your choices. There's no right or wrong answer here. Only you know the truth of your relationship. Your needs, your deal breakers, all that. When you find yourself marooned on the island of no sex, the universe is telling you that it's time to get completely clear on all these questions. Once you've worked your way through these, you'll know how you want to proceed. Well, I guess that is where we will finish for now. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry I didn't have anything, you know, more optimistic to offer you this week. Do you have any topics you want to hear about on this podcast? Please get in touch with me at unlimitedheartcoaching at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at unlimitedheartfreedom. Drop me a DM. I will answer. If you prefer to consume my content in written format, click on over to my website on WordPress. I'm trying to put up the scripts for these podcasts on a regular schedule now. Plus, sometimes there's pics. The link is included in the show notes. As always, I am available for coaching sessions, and if you feel you could use some help, get in touch with me for a free exploratory session. I appreciate you all so very much, and I will see you back here in a couple of weeks. <laughs>